0: the hamlet podcast episode 44 hello and welcome to this exploration of shakespeare's hamlet with me your host connor helmerty we left off with ophelia's description of hamlet staring sadly at her while he left her room. His strange appearance has upset her, frightened her, really, so she's come to her father for his advice. In their first scene together, earlier in the play, Polonius had instructed Ophelia to be somewhat scanter of her maiden presence with Hamlet, in other words, she should not make herself quite so available to him. The assumption was that Hamlet was only after one thing, and that Ophelia shouldn't be naive enough to think that the prince was anything like as devoted or as sincere as his promises might have sounded. Polonius instructed her to play hard to get, or indeed just to break off all contact, and perhaps this is the reason for Hamlet's distress. Polonius' response to Ophelia's story is interesting. Come, go with me. I will go seek the king. This is the very ecstasy of love, whose violent property foredoes itself, and leads the will to desperate undertakings, as oft as any passion under heaven that does afflict our natures. I am sorry. The elder statesman's first response is that they should go speak to the king. Does this perhaps suggest that the king has already told Polonius to keep him informed of any unusual behaviour from Hamlet? Everyone at court has already had the opportunity to witness his sour and gloomy attitude, and has seen his less than jovial opinion of his mother's new marriage. Bit by bit, Shakespeare seems to be building up a picture of a dark, suspicious regime under Claudius's rule, and Polonius seems to be in the thick of it. He identifies Hamlet's condition from the symptoms Ophelia described. For anyone who didn't already recognise it from the catalogue she listed, he spells it out. This is the very ecstasy of love. Now this is quite a turnaround from his opinion of Hamlet in the earlier scene. Whatever lack of sincerity he feared earlier, it's now, he feels, a bad dose of love, whose violent property foredoes itself and leads the will to desperate undertakings. Polonius describes love as an ecstasy a madness that takes a person out of himself. Its violent property is so dangerous that it can cause the patient to lose all hope and thereby become desperate in the literal meaning of the word. This can lead to desperate undertakings, most likely he's inferring suicide. Polonius is making a great case for the destructive power of love, more potent than any other passion that afflicts our natures. It's a far cry from his dismissal of springs to catch woodcocks from earlier on in the play. Hamlet is sincere after all. He really is in love with Ophelia. And just when we might be starting to think that Polonius is a poor excuse for a father not acknowledging any of this turn of events, Shakespeare has a little surprise for us. He ends Polonius's line with three small words. I am sorry. This is a really small but very fertile moment for the actors performing it's a chance for us to see real tenderness between father and daughter. If you don't know what happens later in the play, I won't spoil it just yet, but if you do, you'll know already that the relationship between Polonius and Ophelia is very important, and so any demonstration of sincerity and real love between them is vital to how we will see them later on. This could even be a moment of vulnerability for Polonius. Until now, he's blustered and rambled, but he say said nothing quite as potent or as sincere as this little apology for having got it wrong. However actors and directors might choose to present the moment, Polonius then moves on, checking how this might have come about. What, have you given him any hard words of late? Ophelia replies, No, my good lord, but as you did command, I did repel his letters and denied his access to me. The dutiful daughter has done what her father said, and refused to speak to Hamlet or even read his letters. Again Polonius has a read of the situation. That hath made him mad. Again he says those three little words. I am sorry that with better heed and judgment I had not quoted him. I feared he did but trifle, and meant to rack thee, but beshrew my jealousy by heaven it is as proper to our age to cast beyond ourselves and our opinions as it is common for the younger sort to lack discretion come go we to the king this must be known for which being kept close might move more grief to hide than hate to utter love polonius is sorry to have doubted hamlet's intentions he is sorry not to have quoted him or observed or judged him with better heed and judgment He feared that Hamlet did but trifle, a word that has returned to common speech with almost the same meaning these days thanks to the ladies of destiny's child, and Hamlet meant to rack her or ruin her reputation by seducing her. But, Polonius says, beshrew my jealousy. He regrets his suspicions. He then shares another very interesting observation. It is as proper to our age to cast beyond ourselves in our opinions, as it is common for the younger sort to lack discretion. In other words, it is as characteristic of people of his age to read too much into things as it is of young people like Hamlet and Ophelia to, as he puts it, lack discretion. Again, this is a more generous, humble, paternal side of Polonius showing genuine care for Ophelia and even by extension for Hamlet. I do think it is telling. That his first response in all of this is to want to speak with the king although this is softened over the course of his discussion as we see a less calculating side to polonius he insists again that they should go speak with claudius come go we to the king this must be known which being kept close might move more grief to hide than hate to utter love these last two lines are quite complicated but the gist of them is as follows they will go and tell claudius And make the situation known to him since if they withhold the information and keep it close it might cause much more grief than whatever anger or hate the king might display for polonius having caused hamlet such distress if you follow that evidently polonius is all in here he genuinely believes that hamlet is mad and lovesick over ophelia to the point of potentially harming himself and he has acknowledged that it is his fault The prince committing suicide for love would be disastrous for Claudius's PR at court, and so Polonius has to risk the king's anger in order to keep him informed. And, if there wasn't enough momentum in these lines already, Shakespeare hammers home the point with a rhyming couplet, always a surefire way to encourage a spirited exit. Of course, Hamlet is a play that is far more complicated than a tale of a jilted lover and his would-be teenage girlfriend. Everything Polonius believes to be the case certainly could be true, but we, as the audience of the play, are privy to much more information than he is. We know the reason behind Hamlet's melancholy, and we've also seen him energised with the desire to avenge his father's murder, and we've seen him warn his friends that there's a good chance he will put on an antic disposition, as he called it, which they should not fear, but also should not talk about. In the scene straight after he says this, We get this description of his very erratic behaviour, but we've already been told not to believe it. Shakespeare is doing a great many extraordinary things as the scenes go by in the play. Even this little one, which ends here, gives us chilling insight into how Polonius operates. We can imagine he has any number of Reynaldos on his staff, ready to go and collect information wherever necessary. At the same time, Shakespeare allows for a moment of sincere and sweet connection between him and Ophelia, and at the same time heightens our interest in what might be going on with Hamlet while he's not on the stage. This amount of intricacy and excitement is what makes this play so great. The next scene, Act 2, Scene 2, is the third longest in all of Shakespeare's plays, on paper at least. I estimate there are at least 26 episodes worth of lines in it to come. Some of the play's most famous characters, interactions and lines all appear in this scene and obviously we will have a lot to talk about. I hope you'll join me as we get it started in the next episode and for now, as ever, thank you for tuning in.